The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Empower Radio presents The Miracle of Healing with Lisa Campion. Meet healers, learn different modalities, and hear empowering stories of people on their healing journey. The Miracle of Healing on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Lisa Campion. Hey there, I'm Lisa Campion, and this is The Miracle of Healing on Empower Radio, where we come together every week to discuss all kinds of healing, and that's something that's on everybody's mind right about now. If you're new to my show, I really want to welcome you, and if you've been coming along for a while now, then welcome back. Holy love. Is it holy or is it profane? Sometimes I don't know. <laughs> both. Our podcast both, is called right? Holy and Human holy and our website. And human. Because I love it. it's both and both and neither and all and nothing. Right. Take us to the high highs and the low lows. It's like the gateway to heaven or the portal to hell, as far as I can tell. But exactly. But I mean, so I'm so happy to have you guys here today. So today we're going to talk about holy love and how couples are facing like unprecedented challenges of sustaining intimacy during this crazy time that we've been living in. And since quarantine, divorce rates have skyrocketed which is no surprise, but also really tragic. So we're going we're gonna to talk to Elisa Romeo and Adam Foley today. Um, they are the authors of the book, Holy Love, The Essential Guide to Soul-Fulfilling Relationships, and they are the co-hosts of the Holy and Human podcast. So what a couple. Elisa is a licensed in marriage family uh, um, therapist and intuitive and author of the book, Meet Your Soul. And Adam is a certified somatic practitioner, yoga instructor, who uses coaching, somatic healings, and his own intuitive abilities to help people connect with their soul through their body. And wow, I think your book is amazing. And thank you so much for being on the, and your work is amazing. So thanks for being here today. Thanks for having us. Excited to talk to you. Yeah, so, so where do we start with this incredible, you know, this incredible idea that, um, that I've always known is that relationship. To me, it, for in my personal life, I know relationship is sort of the undiscovered territory. It's like the, the, um, the next stage of spiritual development that I know is going to take me into uncharted regions of my personal growth. And like we said, this can be like the the gate to heaven or the portal to hell, or both in the same moment. I don't know. But tell us a little bit about what holy love really is, and how did you guys? get to be writing about this yeah well i think you're absolutely right that love is so complicated 
right? And we all say we want love, we want love in our lives, but when we really get love, it can be complicated and it can be equally as painful as fulfilling sometimes, especially if we've been disappointed in love before. So the reason we chose Holy Love for the title of our book, despite it potentially being a little controversial, because holy is usually uh, associated with religion or uh, saints or God, we wanted to bring that profound uh, essence back into love and reacquaint people with what love can actually be. And I think, uh, you know, you do Reiki work, as you're saying before this call. And when you do energy work on somebody, in a way, what you're doing is you're feeling kind of where are they aligned with themselves? Where do they feel, f- uh, feel fulfilled in their essence? And then where can you feel a blockage? Where can you feel something that's kinked, like an emotion that's stuck in their shoulder or something that's blocking them from knowing their truth? Mm-hmm. And so Elise and I are obsessed with where <laughs> psychology meets spirituality and also where that meets communication. So Uh, We're bringing awareness to those type of things, the energetics of our conversations and our conflicts within relationship. So in a relationship, can you notice when you're speaking from a place that's a wound? Can you notice when uh, you feel something triggered up your back that's blocking you from knowing love in this moment? And so we're shifting the conversation from just a back and forth conversation, a dialogue between two egos over a conflict to really a multi-sensory awareness. My training was in Jungian psychology, which is really the idea that we have all these sub characters within us. And it's not that I am Elisa. It's like Elisa shifting throughout the day based on the psychological complexes that are activated. And we see a lot of times in relationship, this little game we like to call your trauma hurt my feelings. (laughs) And this ping pong game starts happening where the activated Elisa can meet the activated Adam. And now we're just going to go back and forth in a blame game of how we're wounding each other and it's that whole idea you can't solve a problem from the energy level it's created on so how do we actually raise that internal elevator and go from beta to theta state in our brain and start to talk to love itself as an energy which we call the soul part of you to start to get navigation about what's happening down here on planet earth with this ping pong game And then it really radically changes the game instead of just focusing on the other person, what they did or didn't do, or even how that made you feel on an emotional, we could say second chakra level, we start to go into more, what is love trying to teach me through this experience right now? What is my soul interested in me doing in relationship to what's activated right now? How do I really incarnate that? And, and that's the holy part. We, we, we tried playing, changing the title with the soul's guide to relationship, the mystic's guide to relationship. And we really came back to holy love because when you see relationship as a potential for transformation through that holiness, you view the problems differently. It changes the narrative so that you're approaching things in a different way with that sacred component. It's so beautiful. And I think when we're, before we know that, and we're kind of more in our unconscious defended states, we're just kind of crashing around, triggering, Bumper triggering cars. each other's traumas <laughs> and you know, exactly like stepping on each other's landmines and stuff and in the blame and complain game. Um, and that I love what you're saying is like, when we look at it from the soul's perspective, one of my um, 
my friends who's a couples therapist said that like the a, a job of a soulful relationship is to dig up all your stuff and put it in your face exactly so that you can work it through yeah you know in a good relationship you have the capacity to work it through but not that's, that's putting point, it on the other right? person right in a, in a good it. relationship you want it we call, we say in the book it's like love is a crucible yeah a lot of times we see it more like you know like kind of the JLo story of, you know, love is projection and I want it to make me feel good. And then when those projections fall, I'll just find another person that fits the projections. And then we never really know what happened or why weren't we really connecting? What was that accident, you know? And it's really because we never met on a soul level. We never got through withdrawing those projections. And so holy love is about hanging in there and using it as a practice. What is it when, when our relationships, not just our intimate relationships, but with our kids, our mother-in-law, our friendships, our work relationships, what is it? How do we use relationship to incarnate our soul? Yeah. And to kind of show us where we're still trauma triggered, right? Where still there needs to be work, where there's still work to be done. Yeah, absolutely. And so if we move away from seeing love as an emotion, as something that we can get and an emotion that's originating from our ego and more as love is a voice, love is a voice of wisdom, love is a force onto itself that's pulling you along, it really changes the circumstance. Because if you imagine you're in a conflict and instead of feeling, oh man, I'm not getting love right now, I feel like I'm cut off from love so it's making me more and more irritated to step back and really ask what does love want you to know in this moment? What is love saying you? What is love trying to teach you? Sometimes that's your sovereignty that you need to walk away from this conflict. But sometimes it's, hey, actually, this is a projection that's up or a wound or something like that, that is up for healing. So it's really turning love from a state into a process. I love that. And it almost like the way you're talking about it, it's almost like an emb like a embodied, almost like a third person in your relationship or a third entity. Yes. Like, yeah. There's me and you, and then there's love. Yes. Which is, yeah, we see it like it really well is an said. energy that you're summoning and you're connected to or you're not. And so that's why it's not about, we say, giving and receiving love, but becoming love because you're either tethered and connected to that consciously or you're not. Mm -hmm. And so it's just being conscious about it because we all kind of bounce around doing pieces of this, but we wanted to make it really practical, really accessible where anyone, even they're like, I don't see myself as spiritual. I'm not meditating, you know, just there's tools and practices of just like, try it, just see what happens when you kind of talk to this imaginary voice of love and see what happens when you ask it specific questions about what's going on in this argument right now. And what do you want me to know? And is there a wound activated that can I bring healing to that in this moment? Or what's going on with my boss or my kid or the yeah. awkward interaction I had with the taxi driver, you know, it can be used in really practical circumstances. And it's kind of really using psychic skills in relationship is what the book's really about. It's helping people to understand you can be psychic in your relationships. Right. We live in such a materialist society that's like, if it, you can't prove it, it doesn't exist. It's the analytical mind. It's the rational world. And we don't understand that part of ourselves. So we created this method called the four relationships, which is really about there's when like Adam and I are in this relationship, but there's really four relationships happening. It's not just Elise and Adam. It's Elisa's relationship to her soul. It's Elisa's relationship to his soul. And then it's also our soul to soul relationship. And then really breaking it down. So in an argument or an issue, 
we're really pulling upon all those different relationships to expand the idea of the problem. It's so cool. I love that. And it's I'm, so basic, but it's also kind of really out there for people. It's amazing. I feel like this is a book that everyone's going to be like, definitely when we were pitching it, people were like, what? This is weird. This is out there. But I feel like this is one of those books in 15 years, like everyone's going to be talking like this. Like, yeah. I feel like it'll be an assumption later, but now it's kind of like, because we put it in a diagram, we draw it down and break it down. And I think for people, it's like, we're kind of unconsciously doing these things a lot, but it's like, let's just make it really conscious and like, put it on a map and talk about what we're doing. It's fantastic. I love it. I love it so much. So that's, so I think that's people in spiritual communities that I hang out in talk about conscious relationship a lot. Right. Um, but I don't know if we know how to do it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think we're all moving evolutionarily yeah. and collectively <laughs> I guess, into this new place of knowing ourselves as multidimensional and really being conscious about how and how we aren't meeting. A lot of times what we're doing is we're just like not conscious of the energetics that are driving us in terms of if it's love or fear in the sense of maybe I'm being really helpful. I want, I love you, but maybe that's coming from a codependent place of never getting approval from my family system. Mm -hmm. And I, if I haven't done the work to identify that, what I think looks like kindness, which is a spiritual trait, can really be suffocating or controlling or manipulative. Right. And so it's really about starting to shed light on what are our true energetic intentions? And yeah, and I think a lot of conscious relationship work that I've seen out there that I would not uh, approve of <laughs> is uh, are people entering into a spiritual persona. And so it's this idea of acting like what acting a spiritual holy. person would say or would do in this situation are acting on the idea of what love should say or love should do. So that might be like, oh, well... You know, from a loving perspective, I shouldn't be too attached to one partner. So I should be in a polyamorous relationship. Right. Uh, but that can come really from an I ideal of love opposed to being in real contact with really what your body needs to actually heal and to open up to love. And I'm not saying that that's wrong. Uh, and But what I'm saying is that we each need to find our internal truth for what really does work for us in relationship and what we really need in relationship. Because for another person, maybe if they've come from a suffocatingly kind of conservative background, maybe being polyamorous for a second is what their soul needs in their development process or whatever. So it's not about rules of what is spiritual or what is, right. you know, holy. It's really about investigating where that's coming from in you and what is the motivating factor. And it sounds like having tools because I feel like most couples have good intentions, right? We want to love each other. We want to love ourselves, but we, we really don't know how, like, how do you actually do it? And, and we don't, don't know what love is either, either. Cause then we'll say, cause our idea of love usually has projections on it of right. what we were taught or what we experienced. So part of what holy love is, is taking the projections off the energy of love so that you really are entering a dynamic in the moment experience of that as an energy. So cool. And what are some of the tools that we well, that are in your book that that are really make this process accessible? Yeah, well, I think you're totally right that there are you know so many well-intentioned couples, and for me that is always something that feels so sad when you see a couple that has really uh, outlived their hope of intimacy, where they just end up giving up. You know, where they know that there's 
issues that they don't want to talk about. They'll be like, these are triggery topics for our partner, or, you know, so we're just going to avoid those topics and we'll stay in a, in a 50% intimate place, you know, where we have one foot sort of out the door, one foot in and, but we're not really, really getting that fulfillment that we initially were looking for. We just kind of accept it as a compromise. Mm -hmm. And I think that that can happen a lot when we're searching for, I think we all have a longing to search for a perfect love and that this unconditional love is a holy love that's beyond ourselves. And there's a part of us that's born with a longing to connect to that, but we're looking for that love through imperfect people. Right. So we have to, and I think for me, that's the whole spiritual journey is okay. I'm trying to look for perfect love through imperfect Elisa. And she's trying to look through the, uh, find that in me through imperfect Adam. So what, what love does Elisa need? How do I navigate that to help her open up to the places in her that uh, is connected to that holy love? So uh, like Elisa said, we've invented this four relationship method because you asked specifically about the tools. So uh, I think why I brought up that point of couples missing each other for a long time is because if we remain in that egoic place with our communication, we can get stuck in just a loop there. And even in couples therapy, sometimes we end up just asking for reflection for egoic feelings and experiences right. because our pain wants reflection and validation. Right. So that can end to just like an endless cycle. So one yes. really easy, quick tool we use, I'd say this is a great place to start is just in that moment to just stop, to just put a hand on your heart, to see if you can feel the core core of your heart, and to just imagine that within you is an essence that existed before you are born and will exist after you died. And this part of you is connected to an eternal wisdom and unconditional love. And then at, in this moment, what does that loving voice want you to know? And then what does that loving voice want to say to your partner and how does it want to communicate? And we may be really surprised. It may be, mm -hmm. oh, you really do need to communicate this pain. And it's really important for the spiritual growth of your relationship for you to clearly communicate this wound. But sometimes it might be actually you just need to step back and take a walk and you're in a triggered place. And this is um, something you need to actually just reorient to love around. Because what the ego is, is who we think we are. And that's, I think, the problem sometimes in therapy is it's who I think I am saying what I think I need and then trying to get those things. Right. And if, if I don't check in with the greater part of myself or the deeper part of myself, that could maybe not bring fulfillment. So you it's just the mark. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm dying to ask you this question because I find there's a lot of sort of toxic energy around in the spiritual community around this idea of soulmates and twin flames. Right. And I've seen a lot of people ditch like a perfectly good partner because they found their twin flame or they're in a, in a, in a quest for the t twin flame. And um, can you, can you share a little bit about like the, it seems like you Do guys you have want the real, real answer. The real. I want to hear the real. Are you ready? Because this is an answer we honestly wouldn't say on every show. Yeah, I want to hear it. <laughs> I think your audience, okay, everybody sit down who's listening. No. So we are twin flames. We have been very torn around really talking about that publicly because of the exact reason of what you just said. Yeah. Because what we find is it's really not what anyone's souls need us to do is the ego to grab a hold of this concept of the twin flame and then compare everything to an imaginal relationship that may or may not happen for you in this lifetime. Right. And 
Yet, the reason we do want to speak about it sometimes is because we are twin flames and we went through some very weird SHIT. I don't know if I'm saying, you know, what I can say on this program. Um, that was very specifically and uniquely energetic, activating very specific things spiritually. And, and that is also how we know any of this. So it's like, if we're being honest about how we learned some of this four relationships, it was through our meeting right. and, and through the experience of our psychic connection and what ramped up and what was exposed and what was really, really intense and hard in the beginning, like yeah. really intensely hard. But we have um, seen the reverse of what you're talking about, where people using that as an excuse to bypass their human emotions and human experience and then everybody for this kind of... Uh, elusive love the disney-fied version of the right and movie. and really what all souls want and we also do mediumship work or talk about psychic stuff earlier and what spirits tell us all the time from the other side is like what we're doing here is opening to love in this moment as it is now and then trying to bring that in as much as possible through all our relationships so the idea of waiting or holding your breath or pushing a certain thing is really not what any of our souls want us to be doing. Our souls want us to be opening to love right now in this moment and all the myriad of forms that it's going to present itself. Also, Adam and I probably will not die in the exact same day in this lifetime. So there's an inevitability of the physical realm of one, one of us will have to stay in relationship to the holy love of the energy, eternal peace of what was imprinted through this relationship. Right. And um, so it's not just about holding something in the physical realm in a certain way. It's about finding it energetically and internally um and also, not sorry but limiting it through one funnel of the, the who that needs to be through right we also talk about soulmates in the book and we define soulmates as anybody who you have a soulmate contract with so that can be somebody you meet for 10 minutes who changes exactly. your life or somebody who you fall in love with and or marry your kids, and are, your kids yeah. or you know like yeah, your yeah, kids are your best broad. friends. And uh, we talk about how to find that and recognize that as well. So recognizing those souls that you feel more life force around, you feel like we describe it as complementary colors, how if you're with somebody who's a good soul match, uh, it's like complementary colors where you bring out each other's life force and uh, unique essence, uh, where you can feel also with other people where you feel maybe muted and more uh Disconnected and we lead that. people through a bunch of questions so you can really identify through that still small voice of going in, what is the contracts with this person? What are the lessons I'm learning with this individual, whether it's your kid or your, you know, best friend or whoever? And it really is clarifying to kind of get what you're learning in those different relationships. I love that. That's all such good stuff. So, um, so if people wanted to work with you and see your, find your, how do you work with people? Do you do coaching or what? what, what yeah, we do sessions together and individually, and then we do retreats um, where people come and we'll do soul incarnation work where we summon the energy of soul in the room and people have very physical experiences where they're falling off their chairs crying because mm -hmm. and if you go onto our youtube channel through our website you can see we filmed we, we hired a film crew to show because it is very physical and you can feel if you're an empath if you start to pay attention what is it why are these people crying what's the cool thing that happens for empaths watching is they'll usually start to have a soul birthing experience we call it where they start to really 
when you see a miracle, you're checking into the energy of how that's happening and then it opens it for you. And yeah. so it's really beautiful how what we just know singles? how to do this. Is your, would your book be something that could help prep somebody for this more advanced relationship? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this, you know, you can use the, these techniques to deepen intimate relationships, but also it's so good for untangling those complicated relationships we have at work and for communicating with those people that we know we're not going to get to that deep level of intimacy with our communication, like a coworker or something. Part of this for book was me writing to the old me about what I wish I knew before I met Adam. So Same. I think it's exactly for single people because I really feel like what this is, is communication about what you need to do in that inner relationship with your soul to be able to even hang or be prepared for when it shows up in the physical, because it is, intimidating and very intense when someone's psychically meeting you on that level. I think we want intimacy more than anything in the world. And we're also terrified of it at the same time. Absolutely. It sounds so nice. Yeah. I mean, a quick story from the beginning of our relationship, which is not in the book, because we debated how much to go into the psychic realm of like, our, the background because we didn't want this to be intimidating to average person because the reality is we do this with kids we do this seven-year-olds you postulate imagine this what's your favorite animal and if you imagine this animal was all loving and all knowing what do you think this little bunny would tell you they can say they can contact their soul through that type of a thing Exercise. without hearing about twin flames or psychicness they just it's natural to us as souls having a human experience but when we were first together and we were really kind of adjusting to the psychicness of the transparency in our relationship because that was new for me i never had a relationship with another psychic who was really seeing me and holding me accountable to that but i was reading this book by a well-known tantric practitioner and spiritual teacher and as i was reading it i thought what would it be like to have sex with this person writing this book because he obviously knows what he's doing he's talking about all these stories adam was down the hall washing the dishes and i heard him walk very quickly down the hall, open the door. And he said, you're thinking about having sex with X, the name of the author. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> you know, because in the normal relationship, <laughs> fantasy world that I wouldn't even have to address her. And he wow. walked up to me and he said, don't you ever think someone else is going to love your soul and meet you in that way? Like how much I love you and will meet you. And it wasn't from a controlling place. It was from an honest place and he was right wow, he was psychically funny. correct that person wouldn't even though he had tantric prowess it he we weren't a soul match and he was directing me back to the reality of that and it was kind of like oh this is a different type of relationship that sounds awesome so let's see how um people can reach let's take a look at your book first of all holy love it's available on amazon is that right? Yeah, Amazon, correct. Barnes and Noble, and local retailers. It's great if you can get it into your little Anywhere local bookshop. Books. Yeah, that's great. I'm definitely gonna get it. I have like a digital copy, but I want the I want the real copy awesome. um, for myself, so my own library. And and people can reach you at your website. Yep, holyandhuman.com, and we do sessions, and we have a podcast. So if you want to hear more about this stuff before, mm -hmm. you know, that helps you know how we work. Right. So that's where people would find out how to. Your, your podcast and the retreats and the sessions that you do. Yeah, but if you get on our email list, we don't send many emails, as many as we should, but um, we hardly, hardly ever. <laughs> but um, we will send information about when we hold retreats or workshops or things that are 
new online. Oh, so thank you so much, Lisa and Adam, for being here and your with your book, Holy Love. Oh man, the world needs all the love it can get, and I'm so glad you wrote the manual on how to do it. It's so beautiful and timely. Thank so you so much. So much for, thanks so for much. It was awesome show. having you. We really believe same thing that this is what the world needs, and Adam's story is in there in the beginning about something he went through very intense in India, seeing a bomb blast, and so it's also oh. his story of like we truly believe this work if we see each other as souls it really would change war hatred separation issues thanks this for having soul. us this is my last i love i love your soul cat unconditional soul cat. animals so good she's like i love you <laughs> well she always comes in when the conversation gets juicy so nice. um, i love it well thank you so much for being here and um, thank you for writing your beautiful book. And thanks all of you guys for participating in this amazing conversation. Super glad to have you here. And I hope you got a lot out of it. I know you did. So thanks for joining us here in the Miracle of Healing, where we are healing the planet one person and cat at a time right here <laughs> on Empower Radio. Thanks so much for having thank us. You. It was such a joy. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.